0: Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. been talking about all Giants today, the disappointments, the thrills, and it's all-star break, so that might just be a great thing. As always, you got me on one side, Mike Valverde. You got my partner, my friend, Nico Sagona on the other. How you doing, Nico?
1: Hey, hey, Mike. Happy Sunday, partner. Super excited to be talking Giants baseball, hoping that this all-star break can definitely give us some much-needed rest and uh, recovery time that our boys seem to be lacking
0: yeah, yeah. it's the last two games. I mean, I was so excited after that first game against the A's. I thought, "Oh, you know, it looked like just the way their momentum was going, it looked like, hey, you know what? Maybe we can sweep this team that took uh 3 what was it, 4 out of uh 3 out of 4 against yeah, the Astros. The you know, and they looked like they were going to sweep them. And then all of a sudden they went from that team to I don't know. Padres, I don't know, but <laughs> it, it it was just an embarrassment these last two games, and then today's game was just the icing on the cake. I think it was just so so humiliating. Um, what are your thoughts on the last last three games?
1: Yeah, you know, well, the A's came in, like, super hot. Like you said, they took three out of four from Houston in Houston, and the A's, actually, Mike, while they may be, a third or a uh, third place, I believe, in their, uh, in their division, they are one of the only teams to have um, they've won series against all the division leaders in American League. So, if that makes sense. So, they've won a series in Houston, they've won a series in Cleveland, and they've won a series in Boston. So, that's pretty impressive for a team like that, like the A's. Um, now, granted, they been playing super hot as of late, and they're absolutely on fire. So coming into uh, San Francisco, they you know they were ready to go. We stomped them seven to one, like you said, Mike. So when we took that first game seven to one, we shut them down. Um, you know it was a close game at first. Uh, you know it took us a little while to get out of it. Um, you know we had, we had to put some extra insurance runs on in the last couple innings, but it looked like you said, like, okay, maybe we could take you know for sure take the series, maybe even think about getting the sweep. Um, And then we had last night's disappointment, Mike, uh, where, you know, I really thought that Tony Watson shouldn't have been in the game. Uh, We'll talk about that later. But believe it or not, I wanted Derek Holland to stay in as our middle relief guy. Um, You know, just kind of stretches us all the way out into their closer role, or, you know, as long as we can go, because we did have a 1-1 lead at the time uh, when Holland was pinch hit for. So that was a tough one. And then today, Mike, yeah, today was just another rough one. Uh, Like you said, icing on the cake kind of just curb stomped us. Uh, we're going into the all-star break limping with our tail in between our legs, so it's going to be oh, frustrating. But at the same time, it's got to be nice knowing that we have a few days off to reset our rotation, to let our guys heal up, and to get everybody kind of, you know, hopefully back to normal. Because, Mike, there's a stat that really scared me that I saw today. Uh, Posey, McCutcheon, Belt, and um, Belt and Crawford didn't have a home run in the entire month of uh, this entire month. So, uh, you know, before the all-star break, you know, it's something that we need to address. Yeah,
0: and it's it's speaking of Posey, it's what's going on? Is he just dog tired or what? Because he's going, he's went from what a four, three or four hole hitter to a two hole, which looked like he was doing really well. Now he's batting what what is it, sixth or seventh, and I can't find a oh. hit to save oh. his life. Uh, I well, do you see? uh what may be happening or do you think he's just
1: tired? Yeah, you know, um, so uh, part of him batting fifth, that was the lowest he's batted in the order since his rookie year in 2010. And I believe that day there's guys like uh, freaking uh, who was it? Fontenot. Fontenot was batting second, just to show you how funny and how long ago that was. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the last time that Posey, you know, had batted out of the top four, uh, you know, had been since his rookie year. So this was a big deal and Bochy said that he wanted to uh, mix up the lineup a little bit, give a little bit of, um, you know, balance so he can mix up the lefties and righties. But uh, at the same time, like, I mean, it seemed like McCutcheon came up when he batted fourth. Uh, it seemed like McCutcheon came up a lot of times, or uh, Belt batted fourth as well, I think one of those nights. But it seemed like a lot of times Posey was on deck for a huge at-bat. Uh, you know, and I, I could be wrong because Posey, you know, there's a couple times when Posey came up. Uh, but even then, Mike, even when Posey came up, I wasn't as confident as I've been in the past. Usually when Posey comes up I'm like, Oh sweet, here we go. We have you know our best hitters up, we have a great chance for him to hit it off the wall, you know, maybe get into the ball, get a home run, you yeah, know, that we're not really expecting, but still, you know, we can expect Posey to put the barrel on the ball. Now, Mike, you see him, you're like, Man, all right, let's see, let's see what Posey can do, let's see if he can, you know, find the base hit, like you said uh just you know kinda of dump a little broken bat you know flip in the left field or dunk a ball in the right. I mean he seems to have no legs under him and that seems yeah. uh, to me to be his biggest problem. I don't know if you've got anything Mike, but when I look at him it looks like his legs are exhausted.
0: Yeah, and I, I it's it's almost it's like he has the same same swing as McSuckin. I mean McCutcheon and um <laughs> And, it, and they're both not, not using their lower half it's just all top half swinging and obviously there's no way you can drive a ball if you're just swinging from your top half so it yeah i think i think just being in a squat as long as he has and then you know you have to thro- also throw in the fact that how he's ever since he's been a rookie he's he's been playing in these long seasons i mean they they ran 3 3 World Series, and then they also added a playoff series in there as well, so that's a lot of time just playing catcher, and he's not one of those guys that comes out of the game in the 10th inning or he gets moved to first base when they're going in extra innings. He'll sit there in the squat for 15, 16 innings, which a lot of players, a lot of catchers don't do, so you're adding on top of that as well, so Oh, man, Joey Bart. Uh, hurry up, man, because we need you.
1: <laughs> he has what, My He has like seven home runs in ten games, Joey Bart?
0: It's incredible.
1: Wow. I mean, do you,
0: do you think that he, he's going to end up at least in single A by the time uh, this minor league season is over, or do you think they're just going to really uh, take their time and uh, develop him?
1: Uh, You know what? The fan in me wants to say that they're going to send them up right away just because, hey, you know, he's crushing it. You know, let him go play against some bigger boys. Let him go play against some more seasoned and experienced minor leaguers, you know, guys that have been, you know, playing professional ball for some time now. But uh, at the same time, seeing uh, our boy Helio Ramos, you know, our top prospect and our our number one draft pick out of 2017, I believe, uh, just seeing the way that he struggled this year in single A, you really don't want to rush him. Uh, you know Ramos had, I think, had a base hit, and that's just kind of funny because Ramos got to face, I think, the guy is Sean Anderson, our um, in the Futures game yesterday. Uh, Ramos is in our Single A system, and Anderson is in our Triple A system, or Triple A, you know, um, organization. So it, it was just funny to uh, see that, and I think Ramos got a base hit. But anyway, uh, you don't want to see guys struggle. So you know, if Bart is tearing it up, maybe we could take it a little bit slower and see, you know, a, a later, you know. September esque, you know, uh, call up or so, you know, for you know, sing away, uh, see how he does then. But for right now, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think he's having great success. Uh, he's building a lot of momentum, um, you know, out of being drafted. So I really, I really enjoy seeing him. But like you said, hurry up, get to the major leagues. We need right-handed power, and that is very evident after our lack of any offensive uh, power the last couple of series. <laughs>
0: I mean, talking about just no power. I I honestly, the last home run I remember seeing was Pablo Sandoval's home run five games ago. I mean, obviously, I I would think that they hit a home run in between then, but I don't remember it. it when was the last time you remember them hitting a home run?
1: You know, the only ones I've seen are the uh, the Chase Darnold, um, his little you know his homers, uh, and it's funny that our second baseman, our kind of utility guy is the person to be hitting, you know, the only home runs in the last couple of days when you would think with the, you know, unusually warm weather in San Francisco for this time of the year, uh, you know, San Francisco, we get the Indian summer. So it's usually much colder until the end. Uh, so, you know, it, it does get colder at night, but, you know, the first couple of innings or during the day games, uh, you know, you, you have to see the Giants take like, a little more advantage of the warmer air, but um, man, yeah, our lack of power, Mike, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, it's kind of scary. And, you know, we're, We were hoping to trade Shark, you know, get rid of Samarja before he got hurt again this last start uh, last night. You know, we're trying to, you know, hopefully move him for a power hitter or an outfielder that can give us a little bit of, you know, oomph in the lineup. But, man, you know, now it's looking harder and harder. We can't trade Panic. We can't can't trade Shark. So, I don't know. We kind of have to reach into the bag of trace. Maybe we trade Holland. I mean, even though I like Holland a lot, Mike, I don't know what you think about him. But I definitely want to keep Holland in our rotation. So, a lot of tough stuff coming up.
0: I, I would rather keep Holland than Block.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Uh,
0: I just think that Block is uh, – he, he he's not – he has a couple good innings, but that's about yeah, it. it. It's like he's maximum two good innings, and then he's done. Uh, now, of course, he's had some good games in there where he's done, you know, four or five. But for the most part, it, it's usually those two or three innings where Holland has just been dominating. I mean – striking out people, just doing everything. And um, you mentioned earlier in the show, and I think now is a good time to talk about it, is – and I 100% agree with you because I was probably thinking the same thing you were thinking. Giants are up by one run. They take out – they bat for Holland, who was lights out for three innings, four innings, and pinch hit for him. Now, what – Obviously, we don't like that idea. What do you think maybe would be going through the manager's or Bruce Bochy's mind at that time?
1: Well, okay, so here well, here's the thing. It was a three to two game. Uh, we were you know up by one run. I think it was the bottom of the sixth. Uh, so Watson, sorry, excuse me, Watson, Watson came in the next inning. Holland came in and he pitched the fifth and the sixth, and he struck out his first five batters. Uh, You know, struck them all out. I think he had eight swing and misses compared to Samarja, who only had three swing and misses. Uh, Holland also, Mike, he topped out with his fastest pitch of the year. I believe he threw it up to 94.8. So he got up to almost 95 miles per hour, while Samarja was struggling to hit 92 miles per hour. So uh, it was funny that, you know, Holland would be our our slower pitching lefty guy that we think about is the one coming in and throwing Ched. And Shark was the one throwing, you know, these little beach balls up there. Um, but, you know, Holland, yeah, like I said, he shut up the first five, and then he gave up a, a, a piss rod off the top of the wall in right field for a single, which is probably the loudest single I've ever seen. Um, yeah. uh, you know, he uh, he really was doing well, and I wanted him to hit with one out in the top, of excuse me, in the bottom of the six. And I know this is crazy, you know, everyone, like, oh, let, you know, pinch hitter, you have to hit for him, it's the National League, you have, you know, these bench players and the options. Well, these bench players aren't getting the job done against the A's good bullpen. Uh, it has become a bullpen game after the fourth inning. So it was already, we already knew that we we're going to face the A's best, uh, you know, the best options they had. Now, obviously, uh, you know the the manager has the idea that hey, you have to you have to send up a major league hitter. You can't send up a pitcher; who's going to guaranteed get out. Uh, but at the same time, if that pitcher is going to get you guaranteed out on the defensive side. Oh, man. I, mean, I don't know. It's tough. And the thing that kind of bothered me, Mike, is that we replaced him with uh, Tony Watson, who's also a lefty. Uh, so for him to come in and then he gave up a two run bomb to Canna, who just absolutely destroyed that ball, you know, halfway up the bleachers, the left field line. Um, oh, that was just really tough for us to watch. The Giants, fan, you know, as Giants fans, and I even texted you last night, Mike, that man, I wish they'd left Holland in. Yep.
0: Yeah, and so did I. And I, to, his time I just can't figure out unless like you said it was just one of those reactionary things like okay instead of thinking it through he sort of just went through the motions and okay pitchers up we're down by one we're up by one we need more offense I'll take him out you know just sort of just by rote memory and I'm like what are you doing why there's no reason to take this guy out right now and it backfired big time because Watson came in and just blew it. I mean, probably his worst outing of the year. Um, I can't think of a worse one, can you?
1: Uh, no, that definitely, in my my opinion, it had to be. I and mean, then even, uh, I mean, he couldn't even find a strike zone, right? I mean, I think he got one out in yeah. four batters, I believe. Um, yeah. I mean, he was having a tough time. See the problem with him, Mike, is that he was having—I don't know if he couldn't grip the ball. It was a little foggy and misty, so I don't know if he was having a hard time finding the grip on the ball. But everything he was throwing was missing. So whether he was throwing a ball and was missing yep. the entire strike zone, or if he threw a strike, the problem was when he did throw a strike, it was missing the target. So you know, whatever he's trying to throw a fastball or cutter away. Well, when you throw a fastball cutter in, that's a big, big mistake. And I, I can't—I can't remember exactly the pitch that Cameron hit out for a ball, um, you know, for the game-winning. Home run there in the seventh inning, but it uh, definitely missed the location in. And, uh, you know, it just that ball went off far, 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 far away. And, Mike, the sad thing is, once that ball was hit, I kind of had no faith in the Giants. I know it sounds terrible, but the way we've been hitting, the way we've been scoring, I kind of thought to myself, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. This is not going to yep. be good. This could definitely be the turning point of the game and the series. And sure enough, you know, it was definitely the turning point of the series in the A's have had momentum since then. They beat us today, and then they get to face us three times in their comforts of their own home on the flip side of this All-Star break. So, uh, you know, the Giants got a lot of work cut out, uh, cut out for ourselves, Mike. So, Mike, here's a little trick question to throw at you. Do you think if we continue where we're going and stay in fourth place in the Nationally West <clears throat> for another week or so, do you think it's time for us to be sellers? Do you think we should start looking for trade partners and options uh, to kind of bolster our very weak farm system, or do you think we should be buyers and try to be aggressive and really grasp at the small, small, small championship window opening that we have left?
0: Yeah, it it's closing pretty fast. Uh, I that's such a tough question. I I want I want to I want to be buyers. I really do because I want to. See, uh, you know, just have the Giants become playoff team, and 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 if you're just selling players, you know the season is over, and you have to wait until next year. But I think the smart move is to sell and bring in some new new farm seeds and sort of just groom what we have now. I think we have a tremendous outfield. What I mean as soon as we get rid of McSuckin, I mean McCutcheon, then um you know <laughs> that that will be a lot better uh, i i I think we can bring in some new guys and yeah, it's tough, but I think we should just groom what we have and just get rid of the the old and I don't know what do you, what's your thoughts?
1: Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, as much as I want to be a believer in the Giants' momentum and the way that we play, you know, everyone's always like, oh, you know, the Giants in the championship runs—they're always an August or September team. Well, how many players do we have left from those, you know, from those original teams? You know, we have Mad Bum, I mean Pablo. Other than that, is anybody else? Did anybody else partake in those, you know, those games? So, you, you know, it's a whole new identity, and the Giants have proven that we're just a middling team. Uh, we have, I still I still think we have the second highest uh, payroll in all of baseball behind the Sox, and guess what? The Red Sox have, I think, the best record in baseball, if not one of the best records, and one of the best offenses in baseball. Uh, the Giants, with the second highest payroll, have themselves a fourth place uh, showing to, you know, kind of justify their <laughs> spending that, so uh, it's a little tough uh, as a Giants fan to swallow that. So I do think that, yeah, it's time to kind of, sh- you know, maybe see if we could shed some contracts or, you know, try to bolster our farm system and kind of get guys surrounding um, our Helio Ramoses and our uh, Bart and these guys that are up and coming, but still kind of looking like the only pieces in our uh, you know farm system that could be valuable players in the upcoming years.
0: Now, who would you you get rid of? Would you get rid of Madison Bumgarner? Because Bumgarner,
1: Bell, (sighs) Posey are only key pieces. Yeah, that's the hard part. Uh, So here's the thing, too. I know it's funny, but, man, I still think that Posey won't be traded. I'd like to trade Posey and keep Bumgarner. I think that'd be way better, but I don't think we're going to trade Posey. Uh, So I think we'd be more likely to trade Bumgarner, which is ridiculous because I just break my heart. Uh, The Giants, though, we do, uh, you know, we we do have a certain attachment, uh, you know, and a certain love for our veteran players. So I, I don't think it will happen. But as a Giants fan speaking for, you know, what I hope, which would help the Giants the most is, you know, they really would need to trade Bumgarner to a team like the Yankees. Or, you know, turn them to a team like maybe the the nationals and try to, you know, really prey on their win now, you know, situation. So we gotta find teams um, you know, that would really need a top line you know, top uh, frontline ace. The Mariners maybe. Okay, some of their top prospects. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they're trying to bolster their uh their starting rotations and Bumgarner with his proven October excellence, he would be quite the welcome addition for so many of these teams hoping to get some postseason uh, you know, help going into it.
0: Yeah, can you imagine watching Madison Bumgarner win it in the World Series for the Yankees?
1: Oh, oh Uh I I it just wouldn't feel right, right? Doing snot rockets on the on the pinstripes, it would just be it'd be a weird sight. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it would be something that that yeah would not make any sense to me. I don't think I could watch that happen. I really don't. Uh, yeah. Now, talking about hitting, um, I shared a video with you yesterday with uh, Stephen Duggar and his golf grip. I, I was totally curious on what you thought about about that whole uh, situation and what he's got going for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. The way he interlocks his bottom finger of the top hand and his top finger of his bottom hand, if that makes sense to our listeners. Um, you know, getting that, that pinky and that pointer finger kind of interlocked and keeping his wrist together and keeping the strength, uh, the two hands on the bat, uh, I think that definitely helps a lot. Uh, you know what, what's really impressive, Mike, is his ability to hit the ball to center field and the left field. So if that helps him stay on the ball longer and drive it the opposite way or kind of get those bloop hits where his speed would turn into doubles, because he has a ton of doubles already, um, you know it, it really does um, wonders, you know, for him if it, if it does work. And I, I I watched it a couple of times. It's very strange and bizarre, you know. I I've, you know I've played with the axe bat, you know. I've had the pro hitter grip where you you know put the bat in your knuckles like a hammer, like you're supposed to, and all these different things, but. Never have I been instructed or even heard of this unique golf grip on a baseball bat because, you know, for a golf bat, you know, for a golf bat, for a golf club, you have, you know, one, you have one side, right? So you got to make sure that the that that flat side turns the ball. For a baseball bat, you know, the bat's round all the way around, so you don't really need to lock the fingers as much. So that was a very bizarre and interesting thing for me to see, but I was really intrigued by it too, Mike, because. Uh, you know, like I said, it really seems to be working with him hitting the ball to center field or to the opposite field to left.
0: Now, is there any chance his fingers could break without the ball hitting his hand? Of course, <laughs> because I've I've never seen that. Just looks so dangerous to me. The the swing of bat like that.
1: Uh I, I'm doing my imaginary swings right now. I mean, I, I'm guessing. So maybe, maybe if he. If he threw his bat out of an outside pitch uh, and his top hand kind of yanked that, that pinky, or excuse me, that bottom hand yanked that top pinky down, uh, that could huh. potentially break his pinky, I guess, which would be a problem. But other than that, I mean, if he's done it for this long and hasn't had any problems, it seems like he would be okay with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, barring any hit by the pitch, I think he should be fine. I'm hoping. But watch, you know, hey, watch, you know, with our luck. Right out of the All Star break, he's gonna break his pinky right away on check swing. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. Especially the way we've been sort of on the things that we've been calling so far throughout our duration of this podcast, it seems like whatever we talk about, it's it's usually related back to to the Giants yeah, and how right? They so, talk about the same thing. You no, know,
1: we gotta speak happy thoughts into existence. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Now, I want to sort of touch on one of the guys that you brought up. Before he came in, and one of our minor league topics that we we really like to talk about, and that was Ray Black, and I, I definitely want to get your your opinion on him. I love him. I, I tell you, I love the energy, and uh, he looks like a closer in the making. And but I definitely want to see hear your thoughts
1: on it. Yeah, you know what? He, like, I I put my notes, Mike, he looked disgusting. And for a pitcher to look disgusting, that's a good thing, believe it or not. Um, But just seeing him coming out of the bullpen last night, uh, throwing absolute smoke, I mean, it was cool, too, because the cool thing was that when he was warming up, he's pumping, you know, upper nines to triple digits. And then he comes out, and he's just establishing everything with the off speed. He's establishing his first pitch with the off speed. And, you know, when he's able to locate his curveball, I, mean, I think his curveball is 82 miles per hour or whatnot. When you're able to locate the curveball with such a sharp hook, um, at 82 at the knees, his 101 at the letters, even though he threw it for a ball a couple of times, it just changes the eyesight, changes everything, the comfortability of the batter. Now they're on their tippy-toes. They have no idea what to expect. Um, you know, he really looks like, like you said, a closer in the making. Uh, you know he's popping in there. You know just hitting the you know hitting the catcher uh, hitting the target that Posey's setting up for him. Uh, has like you said has that inge- uh, energy and that you know very energetic uh, and infectious attitude that you know you really want from a late inning reliever uh, for him to come out pumping his fist and yelling and screaming into you know whatever yelling into his glove or yelling into the field. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, Mike. One thing that was pretty funny. I don't know. Did you see uh, Madison Bumgarner against the A's? He was screaming into his glove when he got taken out, and Moronzo had to come in with the bases loaded. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but it was pretty funny because I guess Flannery talked to him the day after, and Bumgarner had said that he'd ask God for a ground ball double play, and uh, he said, please, God, I really need a ground ball right here. And then he gave up a base hit that allowed the A's to keep moving the runners around, and he got super mad. Is that? Like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I asked for, God. So I guess even Mad Bum, uh, you know, at times could be a little a little crazy and I uh, can get a little upset at, a, you know, the big man upstairs. <laughs> so I thought that was another funny story of, you know, showing emotion coming off the mound.
0: That's hilarious. No, I didn't. I actually, I heard the story from Flannery, but I caught, like, the, I didn't catch the beginning part, so I missed. I missed what was really the the preface about but now I get it and that that's hilarious. Um no, I I totally missed that. I was actually at dinner at the time and um they had the Giants game on behind me so I would flip back every once in a while and then get hit in the shoulder by my wife and and so I'd recognize <laughs> okay I I need to pay attention to dinner, not not the Giants game. And so I, right. I did I I accidentally did miss that, but um it sounds like Mum Garner totally just you know, whenever you know, he's interesting. He whenever he does great, he you know, he doesn't really show it, but when he does things that are not at what he expects himself, ooh, he he writes himself pretty hard. Yeah. Very harshly. So um let's let's talk about McCutchen. What what did you think on on um that 2-2 pitch uh with uh third inning and he made that that jump on the ball. Um what 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 are your thoughts on that?
1: Um are you talking about the one where he got thrown out uh the stolen base?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cut
1: stealing, yeah. yeah. Oh Mike. so yeah, I texted you. I was so pissed off about that. Okay. So we had a we had a tough situation up. I think it was um let's see, I'm looking for my notes here. So yeah, it was a two two pitch. Uh we had first and third with one out and crawford up. Uh McCutcheon's batting and or sorry, McCutcheon's on first base and there's one out and it's a two two count. He goes and he runs, uh I I don't know what he was doing, but regardless, whatever happened, he got thrown out. Uh he didn't even slide. He just stopped. <laughs> I mean, you like you got tagged probably, you know, a, a foot or two in front of second base, and Duggar from at third base didn't have an opportunity to go home because it was such a bang, you know, such a quick throw uh, from the catcher. So that uh, that was just really frustrating, Mike, because you know a three-two count, I can understand that, let that, you know, you kind of let that go, but uh, a major league runner should know that a major league pitcher on a two-two pitch, he has the ability to throw a waste pitch, and the reliever at the time, I can't remember who it was threw a very a perfect pitch for the catcher. Through a high uh, up and away fastball so the catcher caught it away from the batter and was able to throw all in one motion and hose, 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 hose McCutcheon for the second out. And so now Crawford, you know, obviously couldn't get that sack fly or a productive out because there's two outs after that. So um, you know, that was uh, that was frustrating, Mike. Um, you know, McCutcheon did have a steal a couple nights ago where he put himself in scoring position for Posey, uh, I believe in the eighth inning and that was nice to see but uh, you know, for someone as fast as him and that's been a veteran and around the game for so long, you would like to see a better awareness, uh, you know, count awareness, and also just knowing the situation and how many outs there are.
0: Yeah, man, that makes a lot of sense why he was thrown out so easily. I didn't realize that. And, boy, you know, it, it just seems like all the mistakes that he makes, are I don't know if they're just exemplified because of the fact that he's struggling so badly and and so anything that he does wrong is just like oh god not another not another one. Uh, he's he's not even playing well in the outfield. It, it's just it's just really embarrassing to watch him um, play every game and hit hit a line drive to right field or left field and or a pop up to second base and just never not never not yeah uh, just never doing anything well that here an all star should be doing and I I don't
1: does he even, even have any trade value? Um, you know what, well, unfortunately right now I don't think he has any trade value. Uh he doesn't have enough pop in his bat. He doesn't have uh you know, he's not really crushing the ball out of the park at all. He's kinda of stalking the extra base hits. He hasn't been as clutch as of late, uh, so he's definitely, you know, kinda of going down in all regards when it comes to hitting so and like you said, his defense isn't there anymore, so he has to be a corner outfielder and for what he's getting paid and you know, kinda what you'd probably have to give up for I don't know. I just I I don't think that he would be um, a very uh wanted trade asset from a lot of these other teams looking to bolster their team before making a playoff push.
0: I mean he has some speed but he can't he can't bat bat leadoff and obviously like as you mentioned he has no pop in his bat so he's not a third a third hole hitter by any means. Um he can't get on base. He is on base percentage, I don't know what it is, but it's probably not very good. So I mean he he's practically useless. It's I mean, we we McCutcheon, we already got rid of um Jackson and Longoria has been we might as well say his whole year has been hurt because he hasn't added anything when he, even when he was playing. So we brought in these three guys, and all three guys have been just absolutely awful. I mean, awful to the point of where you don't even want them on our team anymore. And, I mean, did we make any good moves during the offseason? Um,
1: I'm trying to think. I mean, like I said, I was always telling you that I was very envious of the Brewers. The Brewers went out they traded for Christian Yelich, and then they went and they signed Lorenzo Cain. Those are both guys I wanted really badly. Uh, I thought they would have been improvements. Uh, I know everyone wasn't a fan of Billy Hamilton, but just to have his speed in center field and to have the threat of his base spilling uh, in the order, I think that would have helped a lot. Uh, I, I think that was another move that we definitely could have made. But, yeah, I mean, I texted you right away, Mike. I, was most, I mean, hey, I, I love Longoria, I'll admit it. I watch his videos all the time on YouTube. I'm always a huge fan of his mental approach to the game and all these you know, great things he does, all these great little cues and help, you know, helpful tips he gives. But uh, at this day and age, you know, at this current time, I don't know why the hell the Giants took on his remaining contract, uh, you know. And we got rid of Denard's fan, and I right, away, went right away put a hole in our center field. Uh, area when we did, you know, when we had enough, I thought we had enough guys that could play third base, or we had enough guys that you know, that could kind of fill in. I understand that Longoria is a marquee name, but he was only a marquee player, you know, three, four years ago. He has, you know, now he's only more of a name. Him and McCutcheon seem to be, uh, you know, guys that are former all stars that you know, hey, it would have been fantastic, you know, move in 2013, but unfortunately, it's 2018, we're getting their asses kicked.
0: Yeah. Totally. And for, from now on, I'm going to refer to, unless he can change it, um, I'm going to refer McCutcheon to McSuckin. And, you know, <laughs> until until things are changed, that's who he's going to be. Um, one thing that was really interesting to me was Brandon Belt's ejection. Can you can you go in some detail about that?
1: Oh, boy, Mike, that one pissed me off. Okay, I think that was the whole turning point of momentum in the series. So what happened, it was I believe after the bottom of the six, it was right after we had pinched it for Holland. Uh Belt right, was batting and he just got these off oh no no, excuse me, it was right before Holland came in. So um it was right after Shark, yeah, we just we just got, you know, we pinched it for Shark or whatnot, we took him out. Um so Belt he uh, it was weird, Mike, because these umpires these, these past two games, uh these past this past series, excuse me, against the A's, the umpires I was not a fan of their strike downs. Uh, very wide at times, uh, definitely giving way too much outside and inside, uh, you know, just all over the place, uh, not very consistent, but Belt got up 2-0, looked to be way in the driver's seat, and then, uh, I don't know, was it Yusmero Petit, I believe, or maybe it was Petit, uh, through just, paint paint on the outside corner for strike one, strike two. I thought those are both balls. So they kind of looked like they were given, um, you know, they're kind of given to the pitcher. The umpire was looking for strikes instead of looking for the, you know, zone he established. And then belt uh, check swung on uh, the next pitch on a two, two pitch. And he should have, it should have been ball three, but the umpire at third base had a trick, you know, a little itchy trigger finger and he went out and he rung him up right away. Uh, so I was pissed off, Mike, because Belt, on my mind, didn't have one strike in that at bat. He got five balls, no strikes, but somehow walked away with a strikeout, and then he felt the same way, voiced his displeasure with the third base umpire on the way to first base when he was uh, in between innings, and then bam, promptly got the boot, and the Giants seemed to lose momentum, lose one of our better hitters, and it definitely seemed to go all downhill from there.
0: Yeah, and boy, did he get into his face! Oh wow, I mean, he just came out on the field, looked at the umpire, started yelling at him, and boom, boom, and you're out of here. And of course, once you're gone, then you know why not let it all hang loose? And boy, did he ever! And he and I and I think you know you never want to say okay a player has grief and should execute his his anger in that way, but that that. Check called strike wasn't even close. I mean, I don't even yeah. know what what he was looking at because, or if he was paying attention at all, he just flipped the coin in his head and said, "Okay, heads is the strike," and it came up heads. I don't know, but wow! I mean, he barely even got that bat off his shoulders, and so yeah, I don't I don't blame him at all for 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 that that one bit.
1: Yeah. That was rough, and like I said, just kind of carried into everything. And um, you know, the team seemed to suffer. I mean, Halley came in and shut the shut the door right after that, and kind of solidified things and gave us a little bit of um, you know calmness to the to the uh, tension that the belt uh, umpire feud had led to. But man, that was that was tough to have uh, and I'll have happen right there in the I believe the fifth inning.
0: You know, and and. Speaking of which, I wanted to sort of talk about intentional walks. And we have a player that's sort of leading that league in – second in the league, I should say, in intentional walks. And he's got to be a power hitter, right? He's got to be – I mean, I would imagine Brandon Belt leading that. It can't be, you know, anybody like uh,
1: Crawford or somebody like that, right? (laughs) Isn't that funny? But you know what? The funny thing is, too, Mike, is that right now, if you ask me who I would want to hit the most with the Giants, uh, you know, needing a base hit or needing a, a quality at bat to win the game, I would say Crawford. And like you said, like you, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> led us into, yes, Crawford is leading the team and uh, the the National League, besides Harper, uh, with 11 intentional walks. So Bryce Harper, as of a couple of nights ago, leads the National League with 12, but Crawford paces uh, you know, the senior circuit uh, or excuse me, he's second place in the senior circuit with eleven intentional walks. And this is already a career high, Mike, and he still we still have a lot of ga- a lot of more games to play. But um I don't know if it's more his home run power or if it's clutch ability where they know, you know, hey, Crawford's kind of the last, usually he's about six or so right right, Mike. And then after that, like, okay, the Giants are pretty crappy, you know, seven and eight. So, you know, okay, I'll face Gorky Fernandez or I'll face Kelsey Tomlinson, you know, and have no problem about that whatsoever. So uh, it kind of makes sense seeing where he's back in the order. But, like you said, you know, you would expect somebody with a little more, you know, home run pops. Yeah, and
0: that's, that's totally interesting. When you brought that up, I was kind of floored by that myself. I, w- I would never have thought that Crawford would be such a – I mean – you could sort of say, okay, well, maybe he leads the team because the Giants are so weird like that, you know, where it's the run leading hitter is uh, Gorky Hernandez or something to that effect, you know, and you're just like, okay, that kind of makes sense, you know, because that's the Giants. But to say that he leads the National League or the league, it's it's very, very surprising, and I would never have guessed that in in a million years. Um. So, once the once we come back from the All Star break, who's your top five pitchers for the rotation? Ah, well, I mean,
1: so we're gonna have to now theoretically, theoretically, realistically, take Shark out of the equation, right? So I think uh, what we said is Rodriguez is starting the first game out of the uh, out of the break, so we can go Rodriguez, uh, Bumgarner, Cueto, but. If we start, you know, going down just one through five without thinking of, uh, you know, who starts the first game out of the all-star break, we'd have Bumgarner one, Quato two. Uh, I would put, I, um, man, I mean, you know, without a three, it's kind of a toss-up between Suarez, Holland, and Rodriguez. I would like to have a lefty be our number three starter. So if we could have a Suarez or a Holland at the number three, uh, that way, we could avoid having three lefties in a row when we go four, five, one. If we had to go Suarez three, uh, sorry, Suarez four, Holland five, Bumgarner one, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, pitch, uh, managers like to have a lefty, righty, lefty uh, kind of combo sometimes. It's just, you know, that's the whole reason Buster Posey got moved down in the order. So if we can move Buster Posey, the lowest in the order that he's ever been in his, uh, you know, since his rookie year. I definitely think that we can move around, uh, you know, Rodriguez out of the what I think he should be the number three starter. I think we can move him down to number four, and uh, either between Suarez or Holland, whoever's starting the ball better, they would be theoretically our number three starter.
0: You know, I, I'm sort of tied in between having Block or Holland in. um, as our starter, just because of the fact that I I like Block being more of a starter because I really love Holland coming out of the bullpen. He just seems like he's so much better coming out of the bullpen than he has been as a starter. And I just think that's something we need more of and more important to our pitching rotation. So, And Block's a left-hander. Which which helps, yeah. or what about Stratton? Absolutely. Do you think we we call it Stratton?
1: Um, you know, I don't. I think there needs to be at least one more injury or one uh, couple of bad starts in a row by our young guys for Stratton to be back up in the major leagues as a starting option. Uh, but as we've learned all year with the Giants' starting rotation, never say never. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, because. <laughs> I don't think I don't think either one of us could have predicted Rodriguez and Suarez being anywhere <laughs> right. near a, a rotation or a starting rotation or having the years that they're having. What what, yeah. what happened to Suarez mm-hmm. today? I mean,
1: I, I, what what went wrong with him today? Um, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was, like I said, I think it was a combination. The Giants has lost momentum. Like, uh, after we got, uh, lost last night, it just seemed like the wheels kind of fell off. Um, and then it just kind of carried over today. Um, you know, I, I I was really hoping we could end it on a good note, but you know, he, he let up, uh, what four runs here. Yeah. He up four runs, uh, struck out five. Uh, you know, he, It wasn't a terrible day, but, yeah, to give up four runs uh, when your Giants team can barely score four runs in a series, uh, you you know, you're really not doing your boys a lot of favors. (laughs) And then to give it over to a bullpen, that's probably going to give up a few more runs themselves. Uh, You're not going to, you know, really have much of a chance to win. So uh, for the Giants, you know, uh, it it just looked like, you know, I don't know if Sora's a little tired today. I don't know if maybe his elbow, his arm is hanging a little bit, shoulder a little tired. Uh, you know, have a nice uh, amount of rest. I, I think this is uh, the most he's thrown. Uh, I think, right, Mike? We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, between Sora's and Rodriguez, these guys have, you know both reached uh, the innings max or what, what whatnot that they had thrown from previous years or something to that effect where they had thrown uh, a ton of pitches. So this could be uh, fatigue just catching up with him as well.
0: And that makes kind of sense because he was lights out for the first what four innings, or was it the fourth inning that the wheels came off?
1: Um, You know, I was giving the updates on my phone, but yeah, I think I think you're I think you're right there. But um, yeah, and then uh, that's another thing about momentum is that once you start losing momentum inside an inning, you're done, right? And a young pitcher like that against a super stacked inning lineup, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of power and a lot of oomph. Uh, you know, you're going to start trying to make perfect pitches. You're start, you know, walking guys or, you know, get yourself, you know, a two zero count where you have to, you know, really come back to the guy, and then that's the pitch that he's ready to drive. Uh, so a lot of things like that, you know, where the – okay, he didn't, you know, maybe he didn't walk a guy, but he did get him, you know, 3-1 or 2-0, and he had to serve up a fat pitch from the hit. You know, those are the things as well that kind of lead into the momentum of the game, the innings. Uh, so I think that could be another thing that kind of affected him because he does seem to have – a little bit of that momentous pitching, right, where he, you know, he's either striking out a ton of guys or, you know, really pitching well, moving at a quick pace. Uh, I think he had a couple of big games. I think he had one in Colorado, I believe, where he was really shoving well, had a very um, good uh, quick rate, uh, you know, keeping his defenders on their toes, making sure everybody was involved, uh, you know, making sure nobody got tired and stagnant. But uh, that also on the flip side, you know, when you, you know, kind of start the snowball effect, I think the ace hitters were able to take advantage of his, Uh, you know, his stuff today.
0: Yeah, and, you know, another player that um, has really surprised us, speaking of surprising players, and I really enjoy watching pitching, is Moranta. And I really want to get your idea or your thoughts on him coming out of the bullpen.
1: Yeah, you know, Mike, he's another guy that he almost could be a closer type guy. Um, You know, he comes out, and I know it's kind of stereotypical, like, oh, okay, you know, he throws 90, you know, upper nine, so obviously you're going to say he's a closer type, but um I think that he's the type, you know, he's a guy that he was able, and the cool thing is too, Mike, is that for the first time ever when I was watching Moranta, uh, usually, you know, I, I try to call pitches uh, when I, you know, I watch the games uh, at my house all the time when I'm making dinner or eating dinner or whatnot, and, um, you know, I I talk to myself all the time, I'll be honest, Uh, but I'm always trying to call the pitch. Okay, what are we going to throw here? We're going to throw, you know, slide piece low and away. we go fastball up and in. And, you know, for me, uh, I used to always think, you know, something I'd like to hit, and that's why, you know, I no longer play baseball is because pitchers don't throw that. (laughs) So what really helped me, which is kind of funny, I was watching a Kershaw game a couple years ago live, and I was watching him just carve up the Giants, and he kept throwing a slider in fastball counts. And I was thinking, that's just so disgusting. You know, for him to be able to throw an off-speed pitch and a fastball count, that really destroys the hitters' timing and confidence. So the cool thing was, Mike, with Moranta, as of late, he's been really throwing a lot of sliders and these huge, you know, full count at-bats or, you know, a huge 2-2 at-bat where the guys are battling, 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 and then he breaks off just a filthy slide piece at the knees for, you know, a college strike three and the guys is not ready because it's 17 to 18 miles per hour slower than his fastball. Uh, so for Maranta to come out with that excitement and that enthusiasm, you know, sometimes it does hurt us. Uh, he has come in sometimes and just, you know, walked the bases loaded or, you know, got no no outs and left, you know, the next bullpen pitcher with a big old mess on his plate. But when Maranta is on and he's able to locate his fastball, you know, that upper nines, he's able to locate it above the belt. and he's able to throw that slide piece with confidence in a fastball, you know, fastball, you know, expecting count. That just makes him so much filthier. Do you think he can be our, our uh, a closer? Um, you know what? I I would say yes, but I think best case scenario, him and Will Smith would be our eighth inning set of men. Uh, you know, assuming that Strickland doesn't come back as strong as he sh- you know as strong as he could. I think Strickland, if Strickland comes back the way he was pitching, Strickland uh, could definitely be our closer or whatnot. But as of right now. Um, I think Moranta definitely could be a closer right now, but for the, you know, if everyone's healthy, I think he would serve us best in the ace.
0: And it's sort of hard to tell, but I guess maybe I have this, uh, it's a hypothesis, and it kind of surprised me as well, is I don't understand why Bochy hasn't tried him as a closer as of yet. Do you, Do you have any speculation on why?
1: Um, you know, it seems like Bochi it's the same thing. He sticks with his veterans, and I'm not saying that Morante's not a veteran, but um, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's a bizarre thing to me that, you know, Bochy hasn't turned to him. He's turned to all these guys. You know, Will Smith up until this year had, what, closed like one game in his whole entire life. Um, you know, saying like, Tony Watson, same thing. he never really been a closer his whole life. Uh, Strickland, we're kind of forcing him into the closer role now, just because he throws hard. So a lot of guys are getting their first opportunities to get that close, or, that you know, to be our closer. So uh, for Bochy not to give the opportunity to Morantia, you know, definitely is surprising and uh, something we could definitely look at as the year progresses. Um, you know, this is still my crazy theory, but I still think Samarja would best serve us as a closer uh, if he could just learn how to come out of the gates during strikes. Uh, you know, kind of you know, a different, totally different mentality than a starting pitcher. But, um, you know, I think someone like him could be definitely a, a definite, uh, closer. But, you know, it's just wishful thinking.
0: And I, I really think that they're probably going to be heading that way because, obviously, no one's going to want Samarja, um, unless we just give him up for nothing. But in a realistic sense right now, no one's going to want him. And he's headed for the bullpen. It, it, there's this, I just don't see him as a starting pitcher. So you got to put him somewhere, and obviously he's not gonna, they're not gonna pay him now that kind of money to put to pitch in Triple A. So the bullpen it is for him. I I really believe that as we come out of the All Star break. So why not? I mean, I Will Smith right? has done a fantastic <laughs> job. You're right, and Smith has done wonderful, but he's not a closer. He's he, you know, he's just—it's just not his thing. And why not have Smarja uh, try that out until we get Strickland going, or if black—if they can move black up in that rotation and have him—not rotation, but I, I guess it's a rotation of, of bullpen—and move up into the closing role. I—I I think you know, definitely they—they they definitely want that headed for him. And. I don't know what. I guess that's it, really. I mean, when when do we expect Strickland to come back? Is he going to be is is he August? Is that when they're they're expecting yeah, think, him back?
1: I think Strick, yeah, Strick and Longo are both expected to be back around the first week of August or so. So that would be a huge shot in the arm just to have you know those guys around again bullpen in the lineup, you know, that would be big, you know, I know we're both not huge fans of them for different reasons, but, um, you know, just to get those two guys back would be uh, a lot of help. So I'm definitely looking forward to the, uh, return of them. And within we'll in the next couple, what, two to three weeks or so, hopefully, but you know, who knows how long it takes them to get right. And, you know, how can we even say right for Longoria when he's been seemingly wrong <laughs> or left all, all year. <laughs> God.
0: Yeah. just awful. And, uh, but it's going to be important because then we're going to give, we'll be able to give some of the players some rest that surely need it. Hanson is starting to fall off. Um, you know, he, he's starting to get tired. Obviously, Panda's getting tired. So, you know, with these kind of guys coming back, it'll definitely help the, the you know, rotating them in and out. And do you do you believe that Longo lost the starting job at third base or do you think he, let's just say, okay, obviously if he comes back, he's not going to, he's going to be the third baseman, but if he plays poorly starting out the gate, once he comes back, do you see a quick hook? Or do you think we're just paying him way too much to um, even think about that?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, man, he, he's almost, this is terrible to say, Mike, he's become the Carmelo Anthony of baseball, right? Or, and that that might be a little harsh on Carmelo, because Carmelo still has an offensive game. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, he's it, it, becoming this, you know, he's a former, you know, MVP caliber guy that, you know, led his team to the playoffs a bunch of you know, a couple of times and really did, you know, a lot of great work and was the face of the franchise, but at the latter point of his career is getting way overpaid. And because of his paycheck and his salary, it's almost demanding that he be in the starting lineup. So with the same with Melo and with Longo, in my opinion, these are both guys that should be, you know, not really, I don't think these guys are top tier starting players anymore, but because of how they're getting paid and because of past performances, uh, they're going to get a lot more leeway. So I think that Bochy is going to give, Longoria every single opportunity and then another one to prove himself uh, you know, right. You know, so say Longo keeps on doing poorly, well, you know, he's he's much more inclined to give him a bunch of turns, uh, you know, to give him a bunch of more opportunities uh than the younger players. So, uh it, it seems like Longo's gonna be our guy and we're gonna really have to uh, be okay with a guy making a bunch of errors and batting two fifty uh <laughs> in our lineup.
0: Yeah, that's all we need, right, is is exactly someone like that with no, no power. Um, well, I guess he had 10 home runs before he got hurt. So, he, at least he hit, you know, a, a good a, a good deal amount of home runs. And he was leading the team in RBI. So, at least he was doing more than what McSuckin is doing. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, we only have a, a couple minutes, but can anybody else on the Giants play right field or – are we are we stuck with McSuckin?
1: uh I think Pence has lost his step defensively uh, I think his arm has definitely fallen off, so he will not be a good candidate for right field uh we could try Gorkys perhaps uh Gorkys could be an option in right field uh but then that kind of opens up left field and you have to get creative uh with whoever you want to put out there um, uh man it's it just yeah it, it's i. <laughs> Top to bottom, Mike, if you look at our team, we are not a very impressive team right now. I mean, we have a couple of superstars, you know, uh, Bumgarner and Posey. and Then you have the second-tier stars with guys like Cueto and Crosser and whatnot and Belt. But, man, oh, man, we are a barren-looking team. We're one of those teams where, you know, it's like you come home from school on a Friday, you open your fridge, you're like, oh, okay, we have milk. Okay, we have, you know, we have meat and cheese, but we really don't have much else. You know, what the hell am I going to do with this? So, um, right. you know, it's nice to have, right? We have some real, but, you know, sometimes you need some cereal. Sometimes you need some bread. And, you know, guys that, you know, we expected Longoria and McCutcheon to be our bread and our cereal, those guys are really struggling for us right now, and we're paying them a shit ton of money. Uh, and that's really handicapping us right now and in the future. Um, I think there's something that was some ridiculous things that was, like, we when we got rid of Austin Jackson, we saved you know two million dollars, so now we can make a competitive bid for Bryce Harper. I'm like, just you know, first of all, get the hell out of here. You know, uh, there's speculation that Harper, you know, a couple of years ago, could be a five hundred million dollar man. I don't think that's possible, but I definitely think he breaks John uh, Carlos Dan's record of the what three hundred and thirty million dollar contract. So uh, mm-hmm. Harper's definitely going to be you know three hundred fifty million dollar man. So <laughs> you know, for the Giants, he'll you know, be you know getting rid of Austin Jackson helps them for next year. It's like, okay, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you that we shed the 2.1 mil, but guess what? We're still, you know, the highest, you know, second highest you know, payroll and we're paying the most money to guys I'm enabled with and all of baseball by a wide margin. So, but all those things all add up and you're like, Holy Lord, we need to figure out our finances.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't help when you add people like, um, like we've talked about, especially, you know, Smarja and, you know, those kind of those kind of players that just haven't played up to even near their contract. You know, I was thinking uh for next week, uh I don't know what game we, we come in on it, but we won't have a series, a complete series to talk about. So what I was thinking is what about giving um each like infield, outfield pitching, bullpen, um, our starting, you know, awards. So best, best infielder of the, of the first half and best outfielder of the first half and the worst outfielder of that. What do you think of next week? Do you think that's a good idea?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that'd be a great way to kind of start off the second half and, you know, wrap up the all star festivities or some, you know, awards and accolades in our minds of, you know, from our intent watching, you know, what we think and what we've picked up and garnered over the year.
0: Perfect. And we'll do that. We'll definitely do that. Well you can follow me at RFL Red Zone and Nico, where where can they track you at?
1: Oh my goodness. You know what? I, I, I totally spaced uh I didn't make a Twitter account. Okay. I promise, I promise, I promise for the all star <laughs> weekend I've been I've been I've been I've been I mean I follow it's so funny you know I have my Bleacher Report app where I'm on the Twitter stream nonstop for the Giants but I don't have my Twitter app so it's just it's, it's hilarious I'm I'm on Twitter all the time so I never think to make but you don't a have an one, account but <laughs> I don't have a freaking account because I just have the you know easy easy access from Bleacher Report which is such an <laughs> awesome app um, but yeah, yeah so I'm I'm definitely gonna need to hop on that next week because like I said I'm definitely getting jealous of you. Um, You know, with all your your cool, you know, your cool little names and everything and talking about fancy football as well and getting all these things going. So the more sports, the better. I know Twitter is definitely a place for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the it's not the heartache of Facebook and and all that political pressure and just junk that is (laughs) such a downer of your day. So, yeah, um, I I love Twitter for that reason. Um, Now. I guess that's it. Um everybody thanks for listening. I hope you guys had a great weekend. You'll have a great week and uh tune in next week and we'll we'll be talking about the accolades and all-star who we think are the best players. Absolutely. All right, partner. All right, Nico, have a good have a great uh Sunday and a great week.
1: Uh right, you too, partner. Thanks. Ah, right, bye.